Minus three is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. There are great odds and markets for the NBA playoffs, the upcoming NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and oh so much more. Great new and existing user promos. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook for a reason. Nay, reasons. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings in as quick as two hours, and you can get the same game parlay each and every sports night of the sports calendar, probably in the day too. And you can discover the most popular same game parlays each day, right when you log in. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and sign up with the promo code minus three, the word minus the number three, so that they know we sent you. And now let's start the show. Minus three. With Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans, and happy 420, y'all. Ow! <laughs> I don't know if anybody's celebrating, but in honor of those with short-term memory issues, I say we do this pardon the interruption style. I'm just going to float some topics at you. You go fast and furious with your responses, and we'll get it all done because the guy whose voice you're about to hear is uh, on a tight schedule. He's a Hollywood power player, don't you know? Making scenes with Peyton Manning and his fancy movies and comedy TV shows and everything else. I'm speaking, of course, about Kevin Hench. What's happening, fella? Oh, it's, uh, it's first of all, thank you guys for adjusting to me. I don't know why it was taking so long to throw Tim Allen off of the roof. I thought that was going to take five minutes, and here we are an hour later uh, starting up the pod. Uh, but like uh, Peyton Manning, I, it's so hard for me, obviously, because I'm constitutionally required to hate him um, and then couldn't be more delightful, super funny, so fast on his feet. I was I was pitching different jokes every take and he would just nod and then he'd nail it. And so uh, I don't know, like they say, God doesn't give with both hands, but I don't think that guy should be fucking funny, too. That's I, little, I agree. It's it's show offy at some point. It's right? a little leave, leave something for the re- for the rest of us. Did, stick, does he go stick. like when you're pitching jokes to him? Does he go like and just goes with his own? Because that's what he did. Though, well, a we lot wrote of in coaches. a homaha homaha. He was supposed to do his ho ho ho. The the premise is he's he. I'm sure I'm not allowed to talk about any of this, but anyway, he's he's at the North Pole. He's potentially going to be a Santa. And uh, he, we have to hear his ho, ho, ho. And he goes, ho, 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 homaha, homaha. And the audibles, and he does it very funny. And then he uh, he signs an elf's shirt. He thinks the elf is asking for his autograph. And he signs an elf's shirt. And then the elf freaks out and, and says, Michelangelo gave me this shirt because the elves are all 800 years old. And, uh, and, and then I pitched in the moment to Peyton to say, Trust me, it's worth more now after he signed it. And, you know, he he plays that that character so uh, so perfectly. So anyway, obviously, I wish Asante Samuels pick six uh, in the 2006 AFC championship game had had led to vanquishing Peyton because Rex Grossman was waiting in the wings in the Super Bowl. We would have had another title. That's the one that got away, but I, I didn't. Uh, I I didn't do a Damashek and and bring up Tracy Porter. Lead with that. Did you mention to him because he? Do you realize you're a mature man and and he doesn't care about your football allegiances, or could you not help yourself? No, I didn't. I the, all I did was uh, 
Tim was changing completions percentage to quarterback rating. And so we were actually selling Peyton Manning a little short. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I know QBR is different than what we grew up with, but a 65 quarterback rating, not good. 65 completion percentage. We're very respectable. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, is Tim Allen, I assume he's a Lions guy, right? Huge Lions fan, you know, and and hadn't lived and died with that Matthew Stafford thing. You know, every Lions fan loves that guy. So you're rooting for him except for the part that it's not for your team. Well, you know what's funny? We keep we've been saying this for 3 months and I really hope just cuz I'm vain, I want to be right about this like I like to be right about uh, everything I I uh, speculate about. I really think it's going to be Malik Willis. And Daniel Jeremiah, our old pal was on move that was on uh, against all odds. His show's Move the Six, of course. He was on with uh, Sal and the boys. And he seemed to insinuate that that's what is going to go down, that this has all been a bunch of jive, that the Lions are, in fact, going to get him at number two, if I heard that correctly. Correct, Andy Spaghetti? Then he took then he took shots at me about the uh, about the about loving 66 Lemieux, which I found completely unnecessary. I don't even hey, know how. But I mean, I know it, I know it happens, but like. It does seem like when teams reach, you know, and you say, well, get get the guy you want. Get the guy you want. That's the most important thing. But whenever a team reaches, and I would say this, and, and Spaghetti can back me up, I'd, I'd say this was probably true for Daniel Jones, too. It's like fucking trade down and get a third rounder, right? I mean, like, don't shock the world with your picking a guy 10 slots early and get nothing else out of it. Well, it's like we've talked about. I think we, I think the three of us discussed this a week ago. And hello to Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass. But I think we, I think we, I have something important that I want to follow up with him about that we started earlier in the week on a great podcast, a deep dive with our pal David Carr. His younger brother just signed the hundred million dollar deal with the Raiders. Of course, we covered all things QB. It was really a, a good and fun and uh, and juicy conversation. He actually made some news a little bit. I asked him. Half kiddingly, do you think Devontae wanted to go to Vegas? Yeah, to play with Derek, but also to get away from Aaron and his weirdness. It's like Aaron didn't exactly look out for anyone else there in these contract negotiations over the last few months. So that Wait, was hold, hold on, of- hold on, hold on. I mean, I am sitting down, thank God. But uh, <laughs> narcissistic sociopath Aaron Rodgers wasn't looking out for his teammates. This <laughs> it is, is funny. This is too much to bear. Well, it's a uh, well. It's not a surprise, but it is, I don't know, it, it, it because like you and I talked about, when Nathaniel Hackett went to Denver, it we, we assumed like, well, that, that, that does it then. Obviously, they're not hiring him if there isn't an ironclad guarantee that, uh, the, that Aaron Rodgers is on my yeah. heels and like, oh no, he's not coming. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers did the same thing. Like, wait, where's Devontae going to go? He's going to leave me? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, he. Yeah, he did. And he took less money to do it. Anyway. Oh, you know uh, Hackett during that during that job interview, you know Hackett was like, oh, <laughs> so funny. That's Aaron texting me right now. Anyway, go on. Yeah, we're uh, very close. We're very close. Uh, we're going to vacation together with the families. Anyway, what was your question? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um but uh but yeah, we're the I think we talked about this. I think the Lions are in that weird space of that they probably would take Willis, but are they going to delude themselves? Or I don't even know if it is delusional to think like, maybe we can get into the playoffs and that would be worth it if we draft 
a impact player on defense. Maybe there's uh, something to be, uh, but I think you're right. They're far enough away and they have a pick at the back end of the first round too. But yeah, take that second trade back in the first round. A team like Pittsburgh would trade. I, I don't know, jump all the way to second, but there are plays to be made there to get Malik Willis. He's obviously, it seems the most coveted of these QBs. So trade back. You, you have more than one or two positions to fill Detroit Lions. Like, regardless of what, uh, you know, McShay and Kuyper are saying, you can just look at teams and know who's definitely not taking a quarterback, you know? So like with the Mac Jones thing, when I was watching the draft, you know, there, we had to survive. There had to be two of those guys left with like six more picks to the 15th pick. You know, if if you got to a certain point, you figured fields would go. um, But then you were like, Oh, we're safe. They're not taking a QB. They're not taking a QB. They're not taking a QB. So I, it would seem foolhardy to take him at two when you could get him later and and get a couple a uh, couple more mid round picks. Yeah, but then well, again, they are the Lions. Yeah, it, well, uh, of course. And and by the way, David Carr also shared. He said, "Well, I think it's old news. I don't remember this, and maybe I just completely missed the news cycle when this was going down." But he said. Oh, it's, it's old news. Yeah, the, the Patriots, before they drafted Mac Jones, were doing everything they could to get Derek Carr. Right now, uh, Kevin Hench, would you rather have Derek Carr, 31 years of age, making Big Bank, or do you like having the sophomore kid who probably is one of the three worst quarterbacks in the conference at this point? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I, I, really, I really feel like Derek Carr rings the most out of – what he's got around him and he wouldn't have very much around him quite frankly. But, uh, but I guess if, if the question was which quarterback do you think would win the most games as the Patriots quarterback next year, I would take Derek Carr. Yeah. And of course everybody is getting tuned in. It's always um, been a quarterback related issue, but now this off season is the story of the Loco wide receivers. Everybody wants 25. They all want the Devontae deal, the Tyreek Hill deal, deal, the Christian Kirk money. Christian Kirk is the one who completely threw this whole thing out of whack. All right, listen, this is, I wanted to do something to service on 420. As soon as you see, when you have like no weapons, you know, when you're a Patriots fan and you just are looking at a whole bunch of Nelson Aguilar. It's so fucking depressing, but <laughs> that'd so, be a, a reunion for those two fellas. They, they so had some magic see, memories. Like, when you see Debo's unhappy, you're like, Oh, this is great. We can make that, that miserable draft. Right. We'll trade you Nikhil Harry for Debo Samuel. Get him, get that headache off your roster. And then we'll just pretend we took Debo instead of Nikhil Harry. When you look at those wide receivers that went after Nikhil Harry it is going to go down in history, the Hall of Fame wide receiver draft class, and it's going to be like, oh well, who was the who was taken off the board first? Uh, you don't want to know. I mean, it really was franchise changing. Like if you think about if Tom Brady had had Debo or or AJ Brown or DK Metcalf or Deontay Johnson, like if he'd had any of those four guys. Um, it, things might go very differently. In New Boy, England. you could really NFL that in a real way and make it so that Tom Brady doesn't want to leave because he's landed a new young stud who he can make magic with. Yeah, that's right. If I mean, I wonder who would have been best for him if he could have picked now knowing what he knows, which guy he would like the best. Hey, here's uh, here's I just this just came to me. I think it's gold. Uh, even though he's considered a genius, uh, the draft is kind of Belichick's Nikhili's heel. 
Oh, yeah. You know what? A minus. Oh. I almost said B plus, but I don't want to be a cynic. Oh, this is a minus. Oh, my very God. Very good. Very that good. Guy. I mean, there have been more angry texts from Patriots fans about that one guy. You see that spaghetti? That's what he's working. That's what Peyton got to deal with yesterday. Up close. Peyton was the one swooning by the time he walked out. Because the the Patriot, angry Patriot texts don't occur every time he runs the wrong pattern or drops a ball. They also occur in the late games while those other guys are scoring. So you get the angry Nikhil Harry text in the AM when he's not playing well, not getting open. Then when Debo and DK are scoring, you get another round of Nikhil Harry texts. Such a double whammy. (laughs) Poor, poor Boston sports fans. Hey, at the time of this recording, I almost don't want to go into it, but I also believe in, as anyone knows, my cardinal rule is no jive. I won't say I won't stand for jive and I'm not going to jive the listener. So we're recording right before the Nets and Celts tip off game two. It's a big one. First of all, Marcus Smart, your brand new defensive player of the year, showed up at the arena in a fighter's robe. He looks like a heavyweight boxer walking in there, a green one, all snazzy and everything. It's great. I don't want to dive into it too much, though, because we look dumb if we go hard into one side or the other about what we believe. But did any takeaway you want to share about the middle finger, about the way the Celts played, well, the way the Nets looked in the last five seconds? There's one thing I definitely want to talk about, which is, okay. which is Kevin Durant basically describing himself and Oklahoma City, but but projecting it onto Kyrie. So Kevin Durant says, the anger comes from love because they loved you when you played there and it hurts them because you left. And it's like, yes, that is what you went through in Oklahoma City. They loved you and were devastated when you left. He's saying that about Kyrie. We fucking hated that guy. He was... He was such a bad teammate. He didn't play hard. He's um, a, an incredible one, you know, not once a generation, but handful of guys, a generation, offensive talent. He didn't want to be in Boston. He he quit on the team. Like this is none of this is we're jealous. We wish you were still here. It's all fuck you, you fucking flat earth quitter. Uh, you're, you know, as good as you are, we're all glad you're someone else's fucking headache because you're impossible to root for (laughs) out of love. We fucking love this guy. Like, no, I I can't stand that this, that there is, I, I know I say this all the time, but this 21st century phenomenon of everyone's opinion being relevant has now weirdly made players into trolls like ha ha I got you you did care Boston fans just love me and that's why they're booing me now no it's not it's because you acted like a creep but I mean that does lead me into the Woj stuff it's the other thing is everybody's opinion everybody's not only entitled to their opinion but everybody has to parse everyone else's words to expose the the hypocrisy in it and everything and yes or or, or just and there's plain- no better place for us to uh tackle this issue than our on our own podcast with our own i opinions. know well listen but, but ever why is everybody a scold why what what is it why is that what you lead with in society they like i that this is your power and as i say players and media people like this is what you use your platform for i understand twitter social media instagram everybody has a platform so they perceive their opinion i got to that guy i got in his head and by the way 
Kyrie ain't helping any professional athletes when he turns and reacts to the people that are booing him and whatever, because the longstanding belief, the thing that was sold to us as fans is they don't even hear you. They can't hear you down there. I don't care how close you are. It's, it's too much of a din. They don't, they, they hear, that's for sure. Kyrie made that pretty clear, but the, the Woj thing, what the hell are you talking about? What, what, what just jive speculation is this on your part that it's gambling related, that that's why people were down on Kyrie and it's a harbinger of things to come because of little else than because people have a little uh, action on the uh, on the player over under for a quarter. I mean, what an absurd thing to say out loud. <laughs> yes. Uh, can't our antipathy just be based on uh, a guy quitting on our team? There is a fucking sequence against the Bucks. Uh, in in a playoff series, and 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 we'll and we'll get to the end of that that game one. Even though, again, as many people consume this, the uh, the game two result will be in, and I will say that I'm fully emotionally prepared for Kevin Durant not to have two bad games in a row. I think that's I agree. Probably I agree with that. Bet. But, but then we um, could be wrong, and then we'll so, look silly so for saying that. There's now. just th- there are guys who are like, um, yeah, rebounding defense. Those are the jobs of the people who make less than I do. That's not my job. But there's this one sequence against the Bucs. It is unbelievable. Kyrie's not trying at all to get the rebound. He's just waiting. Remember when um, Albert Hainsworth went down on a pass rush? Immediately on the snap, he went down and then assumed the play had concluded. So he was just going to catch 40 winks on the grass. And I think it was Vic. It, I forget who the QB was. Ran around for forty-five seconds. Hainsworth never got up. He never got tried to get up. Never tried to pursue the quarterback. He just took a rest. So that was Kyrie. Why the while the Bucks were getting one, two, three, four, five offensive rebounds. He's standing and watching the entire sequence. He's not putting a body on anybody. He's not trying at all. And I'm like, that's Kyrie's Celtic career in a nutshell. So cut to. Game one, okay, if you're going to boo a guy and swear and call him names, he he may that may have been the all-time response on the court. Just destroying them in the fourth quarter. I mean – I kind so of you, agree. It was one of the so, – it's so, up there at least, right? I mean, so, Reggie so, Jackson surely slugged some home runs getting uh, booed. The 70s Raiders you know probably went you know into some – you know who was guarding Kyrie while when he went off for twenty in the fourth quarter? An NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Like he was destroying Marcus Smart, and then when Jason Tatum would switch onto him, and Tatum was doing an incredible job against Durant all game, Kyrie went by Tatum like that for uncontested layups. So he has led them. It, it, he has shut everybody up. He's done this incredible this this thing where it's like you want to say fuck you to me. Fuck you to you. I just scored 20 points in the fourth quarter and, and you just lost home court advantage. But there was 40, there were 48 seconds left in the game, right? So uh Jalen Brown comes down, lays it in, down one. Then Kyrie, you know, it's what it's what Parcells would say. You are what you are. You are what you are. So Kyrie comes down and it's like hero ball time. I'm gonna dribble. 75 times. I am going to dribble. I've seen this possession so many times where Kyrie's like, did you guys know I can dribble between my legs? I can. Do you know I can dribble with both hands equally? Check this out. He does his Marcus Haynes routine, which is getting, which is creating no opportunities for anybody. Then Horford blitzes him. 
So it's like, hey, buddy, you're in the NBA. They just ran the double team at you. This is the time you give the ball up. I think I can beat the double team. I'm going to dribble some more. He dribbles to the right side of the court. Horford with this spectacular recovery. He's an old center. He gets to the other side of the court, denies him the little turnaround that Kyrie so desperately wants to shoot instead of getting the ball to an open guy. So he's forced to kick it out to Durant for the heave. So that's phase one of the Kyrie Irving well, you are me, what you are. Play, play this mind game because we didn't get to see it. What if James Harden was still on that team? Imagine those three guys. Because to me, it kind of, when I'm watching that happen, like, of course, Kyrie's going to, should have the ball in his hands for the shot, given what he's done versus what KD's done. But he never, he never relinquishes the ball, does Kyrie. He just pounds it for 20 seconds, 21 seconds before he has to make the kick, uh, you know, for, for the long desperation three. But imagine if it was the three that James Harden would be doing the exact same thing that Kyrie's doing. So, so what would that have looked like? It, it really, I, I, I feel sad that we were deprived of it. Could have been a real train wreck. And by the way, you know, like idiots like Skip Bayless will yell at LeBron James for passing out of a double team in the final seconds. It's like, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, Steve Kerr and John Paxson being wide open. That's a better shot than MJ just dribbling into the double team. That's called basketball. So LeBron has made the right play and guys have missed shots, but it's like you don't just put your head down and dribble into the double team when you're surrounded by fellow NBA players. So so Kyrie over dribbles, they don't score. Then they come down. So now Kyrie's like, well, this isn't really my thing. I don't really, I don't really like to defend, which is why he's defending Derek White. So he's on the guy who's definitely not taking this shot. In fact, Derek White gets the ball from Al Horford and, and gets rid of it like a guy who can't shoot free throws who's about to get fouled, like, you know, even though he can shoot free throws. But he's like, he gives that up to Jalen Brown right away. Now, if you watch the possession, and Durant's going to fall asleep too, which was lovely. But so Kyrie is not concerned at all with Derek White, which is understandable. Derek White's not going to take this shot. He's not going to cover Derek White. Jalen goes into the corner. Kyrie could make himself useful to his team by doubling the ball. Uh, he, he could he could blitz Jalen in the corner. He's standing like foul line extended. He's not covering Derek White. He's not doubling Jalen Brown. He's not doubling. He's not. He's not doubling Tatum to prevent Tatum from getting the ball. He's doing the Kyrie Irving nothing for the entire defensive possession. So then it just worked out perfectly that everyone on the Nets either flew into the stands or fell asleep when Marcus Smart upfakes. It's literally a five-on-one. Dragic is the only guy playing defense for the Nets at the end of that game. Durant goes to sleep on the upfake. Tatum goes by him. And then Kyrie's just kind of hanging out in the lane, waving at Tatum as he goes by. So, so yes, those 39 points, those 20 points in the fourth quarter, that's Kyrie Irving. But the last two possessions of that game are also Kyrie Irving. And so, um, you know, enjoy that, Nets fans, uh, because I, I don't think it's sustainable. I agree. That's why Eddie Spaghetti and I have previously agreed the Nets have to have this one. So at the time of this listening listener, I hope to be right about that for the quality of the series. 
because I think the further it goes, this this idea that like everybody has announced this is a seven game series, it has it written all over it. I don't think so. I think if we're if you're listening to my voice drone right now and it's two o Celts, I think it goes like five games. I think there's gonna they're gonna be able to uh, the attrition physically is gonna wear down the Nets. They they can't handle that from old man Al Horford and otherwise, and Robert Williams on his way back. So we'll see with that. We'll give you some NBA bets in just a second here for Thursday and for Friday. Um, we also started talking about Jerry West. I'm glad that we brought that up. Like, oh, is this no, a, I'm so ready for that. Okay, let's do that right now then. Because uh, okay. I also want to talk about the, the sports entertainment that is Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Boy, four electric personalities. When Tom Brady is your most dynamic guy out of the quartet, I, I don't know what, exactly what to get excited about. But all right, let's 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 do Jerry West now. We talked about it last week. Like, how are you allowed to do that? I know public figure has a different thing with, you know, uh, slander and all that kind of stuff. But the the misrep what i assume is the misrepresentation and the people i, I i've talked to we had matt money smith on last week oh boy oh as a side note matt money smith is catching some heat what a what a what now i have to detour from the detour i just made oh no what did money do 48 hours of matt money smith and his involvement with the extra points network he came on uh, minus 3 and he went at spaghetti about going to so many Pearl Jam shows. That Pearl Jam isn't good enough to be worthy of 25, 30 shows. And that's crazy. And he he got angry with money, with Spaghetti for questioning his music knowledge or something like that. Boy, social media is very upset about this. People from different podcasts are, are texting me and saying like, whoa, I got to check what happened with money and, and spaghetti. Like everybody settled down a little bit. It was just a music conversation. It wasn't that bad. But then Sal, you'll be, you'll be stunned to learn that uh, that Sal then stoked the fire a little bit more by saying, like, no, wait, you wait, didn't wait, defend wait. spaghetti a little, enough. A little bit of an like, what? He, just, he, he, didn't, he didn't try and comment? He made it worse? No, no, no. He made it worse. He try, wow. I went out of his way to make it worse. And then take shots at me, too. I, again, unnecessarily. Then the so wait, next day, so the then the next day, you, well, then the next day you praise Matt Money Smith. Matt Money Smith, is there any better guy than Matt Money Smith than Spaghetti? It's like, well, yeah, I think he's a great guy, but he wasn't nice to me yesterday. <laughs> it was a pretty funny way was, was the nature of Money's jab that he he thinks Pearl Jam's overrated? Yeah. Mm hmm Pretty much. Yeah, his whole thing was uh, I'm dumb for uh, not giving up uh, them for like sports championships. Uh, and then well, we kind of agree. We kind well, of that agreed. Is that is we kind of we kind of. Well, it depends. Again, it all depends on what you value more. And again, that was the whole crux of the thing is like I value music more. And then he agreed to that. But then he was basically saying that Pearl Jam sucks. And then what he likes is better. And then I said some stuff about his music. And then he kind of went off the handle for, for the record, too, like. You know, it was a little unsettling, but I was pretty much fine with it. Uh, and they've been like, 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 well, then, like did you hear of, money? Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I heard him. That was Matt Money Smith. That's what he sounds like. Yeah, I heard what he said. Like, yeah. it's, it's a little, yeah, he did get steamed at spaghetti because he questioned 
whether or not money knew Pearl Jam's history on some level. He's like, I saw them in a club in 1991, you know, with nine other people. Of course, I know what, it, what he is. What was weird is money. I wouldn't have guessed this. He said of any show he'd like to see in all time, if he could see one show, but be, The Smiths. Johnny Marr and, and I was like, really, of all the bands? I mean, I like the Smiths, too, but I didn't have all the well, ones to see. That's his uncle. Those, that's his family, <laughs> the Smiths. I didn't put two and two together again. Yeah. See, silly Dave. All right. Is, so that was that great. Crazy, that's a crazy non sequitur. Well, 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 except it because Jerry West, I brought him up to money and I said, like, do you I mean, you know, Jerry West, you've been around him. You're pretty close to the Lakers for a stretch of time there. Did you ever get any sense that he's a jerk like that? He's like, no, he's an intense guy. He wants to win games, but there's no there's nothing that relates to what is portrayed in, in winning time. And now Jerry no, West is mad about it. It was such a bummer because it's it's the most fun thing about the whole series is their depiction of Jerry West. And so I just assumed there must have been a couple paragraphs in the book, you know, something. And then um, nothing in the book to suggest that he's like that. So that's Adam McKay just freestyling uh, for our entertainment. So I don't hate it. But then just a dossier of everyone who's ever worked for him or with him saying like, I've never seen him raise his voice. Like, it's so crazy how wrong they got it. But what I think is really funny, and this is true across all, all media, but like nobody, nobody ever goes, hey, hey, I, I demand an apology and, and a retraction for you guys depicting me as a major pussy hound. I'm going to need you guys to dial that back. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're JFK or Bill Clinton or Magic Johnson. Everyone is like, no problem. Hey, man, this is showing that you are unfaithful. That's cool. That's cool. I got no problem. <laughs> the bus, like, Jerry Buss's kids aren't outraged by what they're saying. Like, this is not fair to. Ra well, OK. I mean, that was. Yeah, well, that's who he was. Yeah, that's how he was. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's so it's so American, you know, like. Oh my God, this guy's a degenerate scumbag, but he's really scoring with the ladies. <laughs> Everything's bad. Every, all his decisions, at least as portrayed, Jerry Buss, are just predicated on like gambling rules, like just based on uh, gambling philosophies. Like, well, look at it as a game, a seven card stud. It's like everything he does is the greatest. Well, the, uh, uh, they go on to be the, the best dynasty. It's like, you know, and I know they're trying to build drama, like this idea that like people, people weren't sure if Magic could play point guard. It's like, uh, College basketball, it, it, yes, it translates. Being the best player in college basketball, that that translates to the NBA. Um, yeah, he's going to be awesome. Adam Morrison and Sean Respert and any number of other guys I could summon. Oh, <laughs> no, but push like back Magic and... was the best. Like he was the the best, you know, best player. Uh, it, you know, won the championship. But anyway, so and it it kind of happens. It, it happened in real life where you're like, cause you know, the tort, you know, how do, who do we coach? Who coaches this team? Who can coach this team? Who can handle this team? And you're like, uh, anybody, you have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson. And then literally anybody coaches them to a title, a guy fucking an assistant professor, Paul Westhead just roll, literally rolls the ball out onto the court as any of us could have done. Uh, Hey uh, guys, uh, run the break. Magic, find the open man. Kareem, uh, do that unstoppable shot you got. All right, break. Like, but they're they're trying to build drama. Like it wasn't a fait accompli when you added Magic Johnson to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
you weren't going to win. It is great. And then they've gone on to prove it. So Pat Riley specifically was was successful uh, well past the Showtime Lakers. But it is funny. It is the same uh, dynamic that we've talked about with development deals in, in Hollywood. Like, oh, you were in the room on Seinfeld. Three million dollars for the next two years to develop more comedy series for us. Like, how do you know that that person's going to do that just because they were close to greatness like that? And it, it is hits and misses with that. Well, kind it's of funny. Stuff. The ultimate uh, and, and uh, you know, obviously the Simpsons, there's, there's never been anything like it. But talk about a non-transferable skill because they have they have hemorrhaged a lot of money to Simpsons writers going like, hey, man, do that times three. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. It, it's a non-transferable skill. This is works on The Simpsons. Yeah, that is true. Although, you know what's closest to it, in a way, is 30 Rock. That uh, that gets that vibe of of absurdity as a, as well as anybody. Else. You know, there have been a number of attempts to do it in animation. But I think there was, there's something so wacky and... Um, temporary like you know next scene like whatever just happened you know somebody got hit in the head with an yeah, and they're doing cutaways they're doing right. punchlines 30 rock you know i think is the greatest live action joke delivery machine in tv history really wow and high you praise knew, you knew when when you knew you were in good hands in the pilot when uh liz lemon has to go find uh tracy morgan's character and convince him to do the show and they're they're at a diner and he asks, he asks for an apple juice and the waitress says, we don't have apple juice. And he says, then I'll take a vodka tonic. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fast. It's so quick. The, it tells arc, you though, the thing of the, that and um, and the office, the American office, both are like they're very different shows and not as funny in the first year as they get to be in year three. I guess that's true of a lot of great comedies but certainly true of the simpsons as well like by year three is what it is why it's considered a classic year 40 is when the that. simpsons is really going to hit its stride year 40 can you <laughs> well, imagine speaking- getting hired to write on the simpsons and they go uh damashek let's hear your story ideas yeah I- we did that yeah we did that nope did it nope did it like what what could you fucking pitch <laughs> Did it? Um, Did it twice? It feels like I, I. I'm sad to say, as somebody who holds it in in the highest regard, I did. I am one of those people who tuned out probably 12, 15 years ago. So I don't know, but it does feel like it's all about animated cameos now. Hey, get you know, look who is the 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 star of the day, Timothy Chalamet as a Simpsons character this week. Don't miss it on Sunday night. All right, NBA fans, don't just watch these NBA playoffs. Be a part of them with FanDuel, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, all new customers can get risk-free first bets up to $1,000. Just place any bet on the NBA playoffs, and if you don't win, you'll get up to 1000 bucks back Inside credit. This is one of the many reasons we love FanDuel. We told you at the top of the show, and I'll tell you again, the app is safe and easy to use. You get your winnings really quickly. Tons of betting options, including the same game parlay. That's three legs involved in the same game. You win all three of those. That's your same game parlay right there. You just heard us go over some of the games. Miami Heat, 
Great play, a little undervalued there. Eddie Spaghetti, want to throw in one more that we didn't hit? Sure. The I know another thing I like is uh, on Thursday, the Warriors and the Nuggets are playing. Clay Thompson over three and a half three, uh, threes, and I like him uh, to have a bigger offensive explosion. Also going over his point total at 21 and a half. So I like those as well and a, and a Warriors win. Good times and good luck to you. Make sure you bet with us, FanDuel.com slash minus three. Sorry to interrupt. We got to work in a quick break. Let's talk about what people may or may not be. I I don't want to be a creep about it. Maybe people are anxious to watch their favorite uh, pro football quarterbacks play golf. I never got into it, even when it included, I couldn't even tell you who it was. Was it Tiger and Phil Mickelson? Is that who played with Brady and Peyton? I I didn't watch it, so I'm certainly not going to watch this one. What do you make of this foursome? Four quarterbacks, no pro golfers, very little personality. Tom Brady, I guess, is interesting. Um, it, Ish. you know, it, it's, it's celebrity, right? They're famous. I, I don't know. Like what it, it, it's, I, I really, because you can watch the best, like the, the best are available. You can watch professional golf, you know, you can. So it's like, do you want, you know, do you want to watch junior varsity anything? Like, you know, I, I mean, it's like it, they're, they're, they're okay golfer. They're, they're, they're guys, you know, they, I mean, you're a good golfer, Sheck. Like I wouldn't want to watch you golf. Um, and so, so then you're like, okay, so the golf is mediocre. Oh, so you like me to watch you play basketball though. Right. And praise you for it. Hmm. I bet I am better at basketball than those guys are at golf. Um, I like which that. isn't saying a lot, but so then you're like, the golf's not going to be scintillating. So then, the the badinage, the camaraderie, the zingers. It, this is you know this is Hope and Crosby has to be so good, and you're like yeah well uh, it's Josh Allen. <laughs> what, no what? no no what the way to make this good? If you think about the guys there, what Josh Allen, what he almost what he fell in the draft for because of I think tweets that were. What were they? Were they like racist tweets or something? They were something. They were off color for sure. And people were very concerned about that. Patrick Mahomes with his brother who dances on the sidelines. And what happened with Tyreek Hill exactly and all that. And Aaron Rodgers with his wackiness. And Tom Brady with his why he left Belichick. And did he trade away Jimmy G? And does he did he really want to play for the Dolphins? And all that. We need... Big batches of truth serum. If you could inject them all with truth serum and just have them have them talk no jive for 18 holes, I'm all in because those would be great. The sadness is that none of them will portray any actual personality here. Or, you know, it would be equally as great because um, I'm not sure sodium pentothal could make them interesting. Um <laughs> quite You just frankly. ask them fun questions, though, and they can't lie, but, then, that, then it would be but, good. Uh, but if we did uh, spaghetti, when Sheck and I worked on the Man Show, our buddy Dan Dratch would feed lines to the Man Show boy in bits. So grownups would be at a beer stand with a little kid serving beer, but he was like a he had the comedy wit of a thirty eight year old comedy writer, and and Dratch was so fast, and the kid was really good at just playing it straight and not revealing that somebody, if you could put Dratch in their ears for the jabs. <laughs> Let's see if we can do that. Other. 
<laughs> Maybe we can reimagine it. We can do that after the Maybe fact. Once we get the video, no, we'll have yeah, Dave Dratch is- lay some tracks in over. You know, Peyton and me, or oh, like- we could come up with a much better uh, spaghetti put in the rundown, the dream foursome. And if you want to take a crack at that, you can't. But we could come up with four quarterbacks in pro football that would definitely be more interesting. Fitz Magic, throw Peyton in there would be fun. We're already uh, way ahead of the game here. The, uh, Lamar Jackson is a little sassy online, I've noticed now. He pushes hey, back at everybody. Because we've, we've mentioned Rodgers a couple times. You know, the Reds, I mean, every team seems to have one, but, you know, the Red Sox have this pitcher, Tanner Houck who can't pitch in Toronto because he's not vaccinated. And then he says, he literally says, he goes, I'll do anything for this team. <laughs> Except get a free harmless vaccine so you can play in a key series against the division favorite. What he's saying when he says, I'll do anything for this team, he's saying, I'll do anything for this team unless I don't want to do it. Literally anything. <laughs> I, I just don't want to do that. The, the most benevolent zero. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. It would really be good for your team. Well, now, by the way, mind, go ahead. Well, never mind for your community or your country or for healthcare workers. It'd be good for the team. So you could fucking pitch in Toronto. Yeah, no, can do. That's personal well, decision. By the way, I, that reminds me, because we were talking about them a while ago, Debo Samuel. So the reason it's not about the dollar amount that he wants, apparently. It is that he doesn't want to have to run the ball so much. He doesn't like that. He's taking too many shots. But then that's why anybody would want you, Debo Samuel. You're not Tyreek Hill. You're not You're not Calvin Johnson. You're a guy who's that hybrid guy who's real thick and runs so well and can truck guys, and that's valuable and, and distinct for an NFL wide receiver. And so he wants to get traded, but he doesn't want to have to do that. He doesn't want to do anything for the new team, which is well, crazy. So and it, it makes me think of... In the first year of the man show, I mean the man show, of the Kimmel Late Night Show, and Jimmy would have every week, he would have a co-host of the week who, you know, basically the Ed McMahon, uh, Andy Richter, but just for one week, which was a great idea, except that then they found, well, then they found that, like, well, if I don't like that particular co-host this week, then I just don't tune in this week and I wait till next week. So it had too much import for the viewer. Um, But anyhow. They had Monica Lewinsky booked. She shows up on the first day. Everybody loaded up with bits about about the obvious about Monica Lewinsky. And then uh, her publicist said, like, just just so we understand, like Monica really doesn't want to have doesn't want any bits related to Bill Clinton and that whole scandal. So anything else is uh, is is great. But just not that, please. What the hell do you want us to know? What what else do we know about her? We, We don't know anything else about her. And and. Apparently, the publicist's answer was um, she has a new line of handbags. How about that? Like, oh, that's good. That'll be rich. That'll be that'll be rich soil. Yeah, that's that's why we booked her. <laughs> that's why we booked her. Terrific. Well, the um, Debo thing is funny because what Debo is acknowledging, which we've kind of all know in like fantasy owners and, you know, when we always talk about bet all those unders on the running backs because three quarters of them are going to get hurt. Debo's realized um, – yeah, if I'm a running back, my career is shortened considerably. Uh, so I want to earn this much money and and play for a while. And running backs must be like, wait a minute, I have to run the ball. <laughs> like that's my job. Oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna have an 18 month career. En- enjoy, enjoy that. Make make a lot of money uh, because the the careers just seem to be 
heading in the the Saquon category. You know, they're just I don't. It's it's it's. I, I guess the hits are just so violent, and Debo is you know he's dishing it out too. But I I could see that really quickly shortening his value as a receiver. Well, I, it seems to me that the the perfect place, and everybody keeps making the same wisecracks about like the the you know. Um, musical chairs and because if they all hold out and they're all you know number one wide receivers doesn't it they just wind up changing seats in the nfl but the aj brown to san francisco makes sense because he's built that way you 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 can imagine that if you if kyle shanahan wants somebody to replace specifically what debo's doing aj brown's the guy to go and get it's not like uh, you know, any of these Ohio State wide receivers or otherwise available in the draft are just going to be plugged in there. It's easier to see one of those guys, Jamison Williams, going to KC and them not skipping a beat than it is like, yeah, well, just get me another wide receiver who's who can truck guys, you know, over the middle after he catches the ball. So that'll be interesting to see. It's all it's just all so wacky, though, the the way it's going. I I assume it really does all start with the Devante and Christian Kirk deals that it's like, Oh, I guess this is the time we're supposed to cash in now. Um, before the basketball, way, it's, picks, nine, it's, it's nine zip nets. <laughs> Fucking nightmare. I thought you were about to say I got nine seconds and then I'm walking away, but because no, we know no. your time is short. Um, a couple of things I want to get to. Uh, and, and one of them is, as I said, I touched on it at the top of the last episode. And I'm getting closer and closer. I'm not, I, I'm not putting it in pen yet. Don't etch it into the sidewalk or otherwise, just yet. But I'm getting closer and closer to betting on Eddie Spaghetti's New York Rangers to go to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, that, there, there, I, this is something I say all the time. I've said this for eons, for 20 years at least, um, or more. This thing about the swooning over veteran presence and experience and been there, done that, and you're not, is to me, especially in hockey, takes a backseat to young skill. Like, give it, okay, oh, oh, is, is he a savvy old vet? Deal with the speed, man. Look at their blue line, the way they skate. They're bangers. That four check is nasty. They're fast and they're highly skilled. The question is always has been for me with the Rangers this season is, are do we have one more year before they arrive? Like, is there is there room to sneak through and steal a cup as a Penguins fan, get by them in the division, and then move on and face whatever heavyweight awaits uh, in the other division in the Wales? I mean, it's looking like you know the uh, the Canes are are mighty too, but the Rangers. I'm now rooting as a Penguins fan, and I hit up a regular guest here uh, on minus three, Josh Yoey, before I shot my mouth off. And I said, correct me if I'm wrong. I now feel as though watching the Caps win in Colorado and beat the Avs and break their whatever it was, nine or 10 game win streak and just really silence them offensively. Um, I feel like I was bummed because I took the over in that one. And so I was bummed about that. But from a standing standpoint, I said, I thought to myself, maybe this is the best. Get the Florida Panthers. You know, Bobrovsky's no guarantee between the pipes down in South Florida, the energy will be different, better than playing the Rangers at this point, or maybe, or probably the Canes too. And I think that's the way it's going to wind up. Is it plus 800 still spaghetti? A little disrespect. The the Panthers are have won 11 in a row themselves and are an offensive juggernaut, the likes of which we haven't seen in, in literally like 15, 20 years in the NHL. 
Um, but where do you? I don't know if you've had time to watch of late, Hench, but the blue shirts or something. Or do you well, want to let spaghetti I want to ask go first? Spaghetti. I want to ask Spaghetti. How much of this do you think is Sheck trying to like emotionally hedge for the fact that he knows the Pens are not going to do shit in the playoffs? So he's trying to make it okay by um, falling in love with your Rangers. I'm not in uh, love with the right. I'd, I'd, I'd hate it. I wouldn't be happy to see it happen, except that if I were right, I'd say, like, see, I told you. Like, I wouldn't be happy like about it. Up. I'm on the football it, season. Let's go pit. Hail to pit. Ninth in the nation. Preseason polls. Like Mitchell Trubisky. Emotional, it's just an emotional hedge. It's just an emotional hedge. I've been watching I, the games. I, the I watched Rangers the games. Are the Pens are not playing I, well. Yeah, the I Pens aren't playing that. well. Spaghetti. Well, what's funny to me is like not so long ago, you were saying like you, you were making fun of me for picking the Rangers in a series versus the Penguins. And now you're changing tune to like they're going to win the cup. To me, it's it's a very I didn't say they're going to win the cup. Lane. I said go to the final. Well, that's a, it's a, still a giant leap from what you were a couple weeks ago where we're having shouting matches. Uh, it's so it, it, I don't know. I don't know what clicked for you, but I, I, I kind of do agree with what Hench is saying is like it's more to do with the decline of your team. Uh, as opposed to you finally realizing the Rangers are good. I've been quietly confident for this entire season. I I don't even understand. I'm a scientist, don't you understand? I'm not going on emotion. I mean, I do do everything off of my heart and gut, not off of my mind. But here, at least, I'm a scientist. I'm a, if the information changes, I will change with it. I mean, that, that's as simple as that. The Penguins aren't playing well now. They're, they've been bad now. They've, this is not... This isn't like they've had a couple of poor efforts. They're they're the one that the one that spooked me was well, there were several in a row that just it just occurred to me once it was like three and then the loss to the Rangers was one of them where it was clear like the Pens are playing as well as they can play right now. This is this is the Pens at peak performance. And at the end of three periods, they still lost to a really good team. It's like, if, you know, if they if they play their game and it still isn't enough to win, then what am I supposed what, what conclusion am I supposed to reach? And now Tristan Jari appears to be out for at least the first round with a broken foot. So that's not good either. This is what I'm picturing, like uh, like Panarin and Zabinijad coming down on a two on one and spaghetti going, not now, honey. They're about to play elderly woman behind the counter. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with the even flow, but okay, even better. That's a more recent hit. Uh, what I what I will say about the team is like I I look they have the arguably the best goaltender in the game right now. They have uh, a guy who's having a, a fifty goal season. They have Panarin's going to hit hundred points if he gets there within the next. Well, they have eight games left. Um, I believe like more than half of their skaters, um, 17 of the 25 uh, skaters this season have tied or surpassed their career high in goals, assists or points. So like every single player is contributing in one phase or the other. Obviously, you have the Norris Trophy winner last year, Adam Fox. So it's like, yeah, things are things are going well. Uh, Gerard Gallant always does this wherever he's on a new team. He, he injects life into them. And I think it's he's the coach they needed. Um, but the big but is that besides the two juggernauts, I think out west uh, the eastern conference is full of really really great teams and that's kind of why like you look at FanDuel, the odds like they're not really getting respected as much as other teams like they're still they just went ahead of pittsburgh recently um the rangers are at plus 1600 the pens are at plus 1800 the bruins are also at plus 1600 so again like they still have the leafs the canes lightning avalanche panthers flames all ahead of them so 
I mean, we're going to see, but obviously you want to get into a, a long series with a very, very hot goaltender. Um, and as long as your fingers crossed, there's no injuries, it's, it's going to be a, spaghetti. Be a fun time. What's spaghetti think? He, does he go into some headspace where he imagines himself to be wearing the C of his favorite team? Why would you give that like political candidate answer to these things? I'm very pleased. I, you, I'm keeping it I don't touch the cup. The rule is don't no, touch the I, cup. You don't touch the cup. You just stay like, away. I mean, look, obviously, we all three of us know who the other guys want to re- lift the cup. I mean, that's not a mystery with these three fans. But the reality is all our teams could lose to the Leafs. All our teams could lose to the Canes. All our teams could lose to the Panthers. Like, the East is just – and no one even is talking about the two-time defending cup champions. Like, it's, it's insane how loaded – the, the East is how deep it is compared to what we assume will be an, an avalanche flames final out West. But I hope that we Panthers- get that, but that's bad for hockey. Understand that's bad for the profile of the sport. But as we talked about last week, we're both rooting for the soul of the game for it to be in the playoffs, you know, some five, four, six, five type of results. That's what we've been seeing now in the second half of the season. All these guys going uh, up over 50 goals. Yes, that's exactly what we need. But when they're in Canada, Americans get snobby about it. I, I, I mean, Leafs, Toronto, if you don't know, if you don't pay attention to the NHL, that is the epicenter of the league. It's New York City. That's that's the 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 soul, the heart of of the NHL. So the Leafs and, their, you know, their story, their backstory and their inability to ever make any hay in the playoffs against the Avs. That would be great. That would be that would be a, a, a dynamite series. Florida would be great to the eyeball. I just feel like Florida. It's funny. We were talking about it the other day. I think the Heat are the most disrespected good team or sort of ignored team in sports right now. I always have said the Titans are a thought experiment that that questions how much you actually pay attention. Can you actually remember a Titans game? Can you actually recall meeting any Tennessee Titans fans? Because I, I am skeptical of that. Same thing with the Texas Rangers. That's like, whether they're good or bad, it's kind of like you just don't pay attention to it. You're not into it as much. If that When that team goes to the World Series, the Rangers like, nah, I don't really care about it. I think the Heat, though, are different in that they're – pretty consistently good it's not just the the Dwayne Wade Shaq title it's not the three they got with the big three they've been perennially good and just they're never considered it's really strange and in this all-time mighty east they won the the, I mean I for what it matters and maybe teams fell back on purpose fine but they were the number one seed nobody talks about them at all well except on this podcast where I started now but I'm saying recommending them in like December um True that. Uh, the heat to your kind of aesthetic uh, topic, you know, Miami, the Miami Heat versus the Lakers in the bubble finals. Like, that's a good, that's a nice aesthetic LA versus Miami. That was, you know, but the, the problem with the Florida Panthers, and I would say the same with the, the Predators when they reach the finals, um, you know, it's like it does feel like an ex- endless expansion team with. The 20,000 fans they have are the fans in the building. Like there are no other, there are no other fans outside the building. They're all at the game. Uh, That said, the Panthers are unbelievable. Like I so wanted to bet them Tuesday night. They were down 2-1 to the Islanders. And I was trying to live bet a regular season hockey game because I'm like, 
there's no way they're scoring one fucking goal. There's no way. And, you know, live betting that you, it's very hard to get a live bet in, especially in hockey. Like the puck obviously can't be in play. You, you need a nice stoppage. But uh, I and I was trying to get that bet in because they're going to win. Then I look at my phone. Three, two, overtime, Panthers win. You know, they've overcome two separate four-goal deficits in the last month to win games. Like, that team just scores. Uh, and uh, so – I lo- I mean, that's what I love, and that's why I hope we catch them because that is what the Penguins are all about. You know, the Philadelphia Flyers weirdly embraced – I mean, like, and have stuck with it, which is really bizarre in the 21st century. Like, that's who we are. We we play physical. We're bullies. Like, yeah, that doesn't work in in what the game's turned into. Um, people in Pittsburgh wring their hands about it sometimes. I don't know why. This has been 40 years of not just enduring success, but a style that's fun to watch. It's always about high-octane goal scoring. We're going to outscore you kind of approach to things. That's exactly what the Florida Panthers are. Give me that. Give me the Leafs. Give me the Pens. Well, the Pens aren't scoring as much, but but you know the Leafs and Panthers would be a fun uh, conference final. Something like that is what we need. That would be good for the game. Um, but man, I'm just telling you, they those the young wheels on those Rangers across the board just don't leave any room. If you uh, you know the, the Pens are a relatively fast team, but they just suffocate the Pens, and it's hard to hard to debate. Maybe maybe like my uncle Mike says, and it's right. Maybe Igor poops the bed. He hasn't done it yet. So maybe that's why people are, you know, skeptical. You don't know until he does it. Maybe nah, it feels pressure. I don't, he's, he's, he's on a, like a three game shutout streak. I mean, he's, I don't, it's they, not if the they lose, yet. if they lose, it's not because of him. He's a, he's a robot. I, if they lose, it's going to be because the secondary scoring doesn't show up or, you know, the, the younger defensemen make mistakes. I don't, I don't see Igor being the issue. Um, I think we all agree, though, that the Avs really, really should go to the final this year. And if anybody else does, it'll be the Calgary Flames. But we'll have a little bit more time to debate that. Malik Willis, a good over-under. You can get at FanDuel.com slash minus three. Uh, you can get over-unders on where these players are going to go. A um, lot of fun ones to to pick through there. As we've said, I say go under the nine and a half available on Malik Willis. I feel like that's almost a certainty that if the teams in play don't take him, somebody's going to trade up to get him with the, with the giants or some somewhere in those first nine picks, Malik Willis is going to go pick it. I, I feel like the, the, the grades on him are all over the place. Um, if you do buy though, the Daniel Jeremiah noise, and you want to jump on that Steelers plus 400 to get him, now, Corral's odds, I don't see in front of me here to the Steelers. That's the one that David Carr told us the Steelers are looking at. I also have a hunch that they are going to do their best, whether or not they can make the deal and things are moving fast and loose on draft day. I think they're going to try to jump up, whether you think it's a good idea or not. I think Kevin Colbert has committed to leaving the Steelers with a quarterback for the future. That is his. That was his commitment years ago. I'm not going to leave you... At, Mitchell Trubisky is not that. That is not the answer long-term for Pittsburgh. So I think they're going to get somebody, whether you think that's smart for them to do or not. I think they want Malik Willis plus 350. I think it's a, I think that's a, a an interesting one. Not juicy enough, though, to really make uh, to put big money down on. Let's get to uh, any uh, any of these draft well, ones you want to get to. What are, the, what are the Warriors to win the West and the whole thing? Um, I'm looking at, I got the, uh, the games, uh, up here. Let me take a look here. 
the Warriors, the Warriors are plus uh, three fifty to to win the. They're right now they are the actual favorite because I guess the injury to Devin yeah, Booker, right. the Booker. Sun. so they're plus three fifty to to win the finals. To um, win the whole thing is plus three fifty. Correct. Yeah, God, that's not to win return. to win the title. They're plus three fifty. And to win the conference, they're plus one forty five again ahead of the Suns. Oh, that wow. stinks. That was my. That was gonna be my big. Uh, hey guys, here's a hot tip that everybody knows about. Here's a hot tip everyone's already thinking of. I can't believe things, that. The two things that have happened since the playoffs started, it's like that lineup of death <laughs> where, you know, um, so so Clay Thompson rounding into form, Steph Curry, obviously, as long as he's healthy, is always in form. What the what the uh, you remember that far side cartoon where it was like uh, once the test started, Lester brought out a bigger brain. He like reaches into his coat and he brings out a bigger brain for the test. It's like this Jordan Poole, they just added another fucking Curry. They added another Splash Brother. They just added another guy. So now they're completely unguardable when they put the lineup of death out there to close games. So um, obviously the henchman and everybody else agrees that that is a that's a that bet is good for two reasons. What Katie went to do, what Katie went to Brooklyn to recreate from Golden State is what Golden State has somehow put together here. It's interesting. It's right? amazing. Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it. So so I feel like you know Booker, when you hurt a hamstring that's going to put you out of the lineup, that doesn't sound like something that's going to be a hundred percent between now and June. So. He's either going to be diminished or not playing at all, which you know makes Golden State that much more unstoppable. Um, and then Golden State, obviously great eye candy, the way they play. So a lot of good potential finals matchups uh, out, of, out of the East. Obviously rooting interest in being wrong, but uh, a Durant versus the Warriors final would be pretty good TV. Yeah. Hey, well- motherfucker, remember when you bailed on us? Yeah. yeah, we're better. Yeah, that would be awesome stuff. I, I, the, the bummer to me is Luca's absence. Is I don't know if he's back. Um, how how soon he's, they, he's they back for they, Thursday? They didn't give a they didn't no. give a date yet, but uh, they said he's like inching closer to it. And I think Ben Simmons. They say they target Dave's game four. Well, if you're uh, an optimist where 21st century medicine is concerned and treatment plans and all that, uh, maybe the Mavs plus seven in Utah on Thursday night is a good place to start there. I'm with Hench. I like the dubs here going into Denver minus one and a half uh, on Thursday. And the intriguing one to me is, I mean, I don't know what to do with Devin Booker sitting down. The Sun's still giving a point and a half in, in, uh, in NOLA. I don't know exactly what what you pick the Suns for. I know that they're, you know, you still present, I guess, is better than the Pels do, even without Devin Booker, or maybe they don't. Well, I mean, I don't know how to regard that game. How say you, Hench? Or is that um, one Friday? I, that I one's actually, not till Friday. I like I like the Suns, um, you know, in that game just because huh. I don't, I'm not, I don't really believe in the Pels, um, and and I think once you've it's hard to lose your guy who's having an incredible game in the game. But once you, you know, Monty Williams can game plan for his absence and they, they've got depth, you know, I mean, Cam Johnson will get those minutes um, campaign and uh, at such a low number, I like the Suns in that game. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll stick with you. I, I have no, uh, no um, 
really strong feelings for the Pels there. But they do. I mean, I talk about another one. The Lakers mess. And we talked about it, that enough. We don't need to get in the way back machine. But, you know, you look around at guys that, that they had to move on from. Um, and, you know, Brandon Ingram at this point, really, that's what starts the whole mess for them. You wonder if you just undo, you don't make the deal and you don't deal away Brandon Ingram. Obviously, the Lakers would be in a lot better spot than they are well, right now. Well, it's funny. It goes beyond that. You know, Julius Randle wins most improved player for the Knicks, as Spaghetti remembers. Um, obviously, Brandon Ingram has, has become a force. Uh, Lonzo Ball, even though he got hurt this year, He's figured out the three-point thing, and that makes him a very good player in the NBA. Like, you know, a lot of the guys that they showed the door to have have gone on to improve and find themselves elsewhere, and now you're left with the most decrepit, complicated roster in basketball. Like, you don't – like, the Lakers are stuck. There is no way out for them. That's right. That – that is going to have to be detonated. So that part, that's always fun when you see Julius Randle or Brandon Ingram or Alonzo Ball or all of the above having success when when the Lakers are uh, sitting at home watching the playoffs. Pretty great. Um, all right. I guess you talked me into the Suns there. Those are those are my picks. I'm le- After I just said what I said about the Heat, I feel obliged to say them giving a point and a half in Atlanta. But um, – I, I also have to lean on what I have been saying quite a bit about Atlanta. I like their push last year. I think they probably show up for game three. They have to know that while it is not a true must win, obviously they got to have this one. I think they show up for one game and we have shown that they're, the disparity between the best and the, you know, the seventh and eighth seeds isn't that great this year based on the early results we've seen here. I think I'm going to take the Haw- the Hawks in Atlanta, despite what I said uh, 10 minutes ago about the Heat. Well, I'll stick with my Heat. Uh, I'll ride my Heat. And partly because it's funny, Trey Young is very much the kind of player like Caleb Love was in the tournament where it's like, Mm-hmm. This game is right. going to be completely decided based on whether Caleb Love makes these crazy shots he's going to take, which was was true in in uh, against UCLA and against Duke, and then on the downside against Kansas in the finals. But um, Trey Young is that same kind of player, although over forty eight minutes, it's just it it's not quite the same. And I think I think Trey Young could have a very good game, and the Heat could still win. I'm not comparing him in terms of recklessness and, and and all of that, but you know, prime Russell Westbrook and um, uh, the the uh, Devin Booker to some degree. When when a guy when when the guy p- who possesses the ball uh, most of the time can get into the lane, can get south of the free throw line. That really, I mean, I don't know what the answer ever is to that. Even you know. Well, there are a bunch of historical examples of that. But, you know, Trey Young can always get south of the free throw line. So defensively, what are you supposed to do? Fortunately for the rest of the league, they're not that loaded beyond Trey Young. So they can get away with that. But um, he is, uh, like we've talked about already, a a, a sort of an underrated or an undercelebrated performer, in my opinion. Eddie Spaghetti, your thoughts here in uh, NBA picks or if you want to go NHL for us. Uh, well, with the picks, like I said, I'm, I'm still going to stick with the Nets to win the series. And I think uh, like, so the game two is the must win. And obviously getting back six foot 11, Ben Simmons, even to just defend is going to be a big push for them. But the, the Hawks series after that, I know that the Sal and the D3, they did the race to 10 with the Hawks. 
um, they, they get into like Chuck mode and they and they miss a bunch of shots. And I think the Heat is a better coach team. Um, so I do like the, the Heat to win out that series. And, and if Luka does come back in game three, they are staying cautious optimism. Uh, I do like them to to finish that one. That team, Luca, Luca could make hay. Luca could kind of screw things up in in the not screw things up, but they're the if he would have been healthy a hundred percent, I think they they might have made a dent in the West. We'll see now coming back yep. how how uh, how close to hundred percent he's going to be. You know what's funny? Uh, I was thinking about it. Spaghetti, I don't know if you've ever met uh, a guy named Mike August, but uh, he had yes. this idea 20 years ago that it would be it would be good television to tape Shaq and me and Sal watching football. Like and we were like, yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to be particularly interesting television watching us watch football. But I will say watching the degenerates watch the race to 10 is delightful entertainment. You, you don't want to watch us watch a whole football game. But watching those crazy degenerates uh, have their hearts broken on every possession is fantastic. It, it's definitely the highlight of the week. It's awesome. Well, that that hurts. I'm going to speak for Hench. That hurts both our feelings. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's a 90 yeah. second runtime of them of them screaming because they bet you know. Well, I'm not sure about Harry's case, but the rest of the guys a lot of money uh, on these teams, and to see them uh, Trey Young throw brick after brick uh, was that's it's pretty it is devastating. Great. It's the best. I'm just kidding. The uh, Three and a half uh, bald guy sitting there looking off camera at something that you may or may not also be looking at, and it may not be synced up with wet when they're seeing it and all of that. And in, and in spite of whatever else, uh, I just said it's just uh, it's just magical stuff to sit there and watch. So make sure you I find will, that out. I will throw out a couple extra. Out. Go ahead. I'll throw out a couple extra bets here, not NBA. Um, I, I want to throw some NFL draft bets. I know we're talking about a little bit with Malik Willis, and mine are pretty much all Malik Willis related because I, the number on him is still really good. And I think, what are we, nine days away now from draft time? And I, by next week, you're going to start seeing the smoke screen. I will start up with the first one, though, is I still think Trayvon Walker is going to be the first pick. He's plus 165. I think by now, you knew if it was going to be Hutchinson, they would be like talk about it, you it would just know it's going to be him and i like there was a time period where before they tagged cam robinson the jaguars they thought they're going to take either icky or evan neal first overall and i feel like that because they're not settled on that and then seeing how trayvon walker did in the combine and he's just one of those guys like obviously he has a pedigree playing in georgia but then like the his measurables just way ahead of everyone else i think they're gonna he's gonna be the flashy pick and he will be the surprise first overall pick but everything else is uh malik willis uh related uh malik willis to be the second pick is plus 900 i mean that's uh, insane if the, i still think the lions are gonna need him they need a face of the franchise the lions heads are done wishing matt stafford you know congratulations for winning super bowl with a different team and it's gonna prolong the the life of, of dan campbell as head coach and i just think that golf is not the guy i don't think in this draft if you consider it a not quarterback friendly draft. I don't think taking a guy that later in the first round is going to get anyone excited. Like, I don't think you're going to believe in, you know, Ritter or, or Carson Strong or someone of that ilk to be your next face of the franchise. I think if you're going to get a guy, it's probably going to be Malik Willis and you take him second overall. You could have Goff, you know, kind of shield him from the tough matchups and you want to put him in later on. That's the move there. Um, line to draft Willis is plus 900 as well. And Willis to be a top five pick is plus 400. And like we said before, his over under right now is at uh, nine and a half. 
I just don't see him lasting beyond uh, six. And I think you probably have to leapfrog six anyway to get there. And the Giants could play a factor at five. The Jets maybe trade out at four because of the Debo Samuel rumors. Who knows? But I think lines at two is is a is a little bit of a long chart at this point. But it just makes too much sense for me. Um, and I, I don't I don't see them being okay with their roster going forward, getting a defensive end. They need a big time player, a quarterback eventually. And they need to do overhaul. And you, they haven't been exciting since they pretty much had Calvin Johnson. So it's I think this is the time they move in and they uh, they take Malik Willis here at second. By the way, these receivers, so the QBs, yes. what You you, you get what you pay for in, in terms of uh, uh, draft value. Two, you're going to get a better guy, presumably, than you're going to get at 32. So I agree with that. But I also, just as uh, to, to wrap up where we started with these receivers, Tyreek Hill makes sense. Devontae Adams makes sense. Getting your getting a little bit of a stretch uh, for me if it's for if you're willing to give up a first round pick for Debo Samuel. I think I'd be cuckoo. DK Metcalf is a physical specimen uh the likes of which we've rarely seen in pro football. I don't think I'd give up a first for him either. I I don't I the the expectation that these guys have so much leverage over their teams. I just uh, you know, I I'm not falling all over myself to give up um that draft stock to get one of those guys. How say you? Hedge, well, it's funny we because the, the thing that makes Debo different than DK Metcalf is like DK Metcalf turns in a lot of two catches for 24 yards. Yeah, like, right. like, what the fuck? Whereas Debo, you go, okay, you're going to carry the, you're going to carry the, the ball and you're going to get 87 yards on seven carries. Uh, so his value, I would put higher than, than DK Metcalf's. Uh, but I wanted to ask spaghetti, Spaddy, who who are your dream picks uh, for the Giants? Like, who who would you like to get with those two picks? Uh, he's the number one option for five and seven would be either Icky or Evan Neal tackle is with one of the picks. And the other one being Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm a huge Thibodeau fan. I think, uh, there's a lot of weird naysayers about him and I know he didn't play the full season, but when I did watch him, he was unbelievable. They need an edge rusher, uh, be thrilled with that. If they had to lose one of those guys, like sauce Gardner, if they need a cornerback, I think would be awesome. And I guess my bias, if Kyle Hamilton's there, I was going to say, what, what are you a trader now to the Irish? No, I just think he. it's just a positional need. It's like the Giants, they have a bunch of younger DBs. I know they lost to Bill Peppers. Uh, and Kyle Hamilton is a game changer, but I, I still think a, a corner, a guy like Sauce Gardner who could man up, who would take away your top receiver, I think is important. And uh, edge rusher is still the most important thing. The Giants really haven't had an edge rusher that was, you know, the, the best edge rusher the Giants had was literally last year with Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, the, the rookie, who had like eight and a half sacks. Like he's been their most impactful rusher in, in quite some time. So they need Thibodeau. I watch a ton of him at Oregon. I, I think he's awesome. So I, I'm hoping for one of the tackles from the other end where Andrew Thomas is, and then hopefully uh, Thibodeau rushing off the edge there. But if not, Gardner or Hamilton would be fine. All right. I think we've said it all, or we've said more than enough, at least. Um, Kevin Hench, as always, we appreciate you taking a break from your fancy Hollywood work. Peyton, Tim, Hench, all the rest of it. All the greats. Um, how's the, how are the Celts looking right now? 30, down nine, I see, eh? The text messages are, are uh, very, very anti-Daniel Tice. He must be, he <laughs> must be having a, a bad one. Wait a minute. Jay Wright oh, retired from Nova? Yep. Yeah. Spaghetti post posted that 45 minutes ago. I don't see that. I'm too busy lost in your eyes. I didn't notice that. Jay Wright, go to the Lakers? I love that the Lakers, the first, I mean, the, they, they fired Vogel and within four minutes it was like, how about Coach K? 
I mean, why? What the hell are they like? They they just they continue to be one of those right like. Yeah, but we want. But now we want you, Nick Nurse. Now we've decided that you. Yeah, but I don't want to be. Well, get congratulations. You're the next head coach of the Los Angeles. <laughs> we're having Lakers. a ceremony and we're signing you anyway. Um. I, all right. Great stuff as always, Hench. Uh, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. Go get him, fella. There he goes. What'd you think? Uh, it's another great episode. I'm I'm jealous of his job that he gets to hang out with Peyton Manning. Um, but I I, I think this uh, seems like game two is not going to go the way he wants, and I think this may t- turn the tide in that series. So his Celtics well, now uh, maybe out of his. I hand. guess we don't need to deep dive that in case we're wrong. But uh, but yeah, I mean, is KD playing well so far? I guess I don't need updates as people listen to me ask for updates to a result of a final score that they already know. See, that's bad. That's bad podcasting out of Dave. So instead, I will say this. A couple of things. One, go back and listen to the David Carr conversation. By the way, you can watch it on YouTube. He's handsome at least. So go watch him uh, and then just put your hand over where my side of the screen is. Uh, great stuff, really, on all things QB. Really insightful stuff and funny stuff about his brother buying him a Ferrari and then him trading the Ferrari back in to get a, a lazy river built for the family in their big in their backyard. That was crazy, too. Uh, go listen to that. And then also do yourself a favor and weigh in here. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm desensitized. I'm a delicate flower. But the 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 outsized response to like the Matt Money Smith attack of Eddie Spaghetti is like, what the hell? What? Yeah, I heard it. I thought it was like, yeah, I thought he got heated up, but I didn't realize. Go listen and judge. How will how will you know unless you hear it with your own ears? You know. So go weigh in. That's your homework. And then after you've tended to that, extrapoints.com. Get in there, play against us and with us in the arcade, and listen to all the great shows available on the Extra Points Network. Um, Megan Connolly has a friend in instead of uh, Gailey while she's out making a baby, huh, Spaghetti? It was uh, me, mostly. We had oh, a what? guest. Uh, yeah, we had a guest, uh, uh, Amina Smith from NBC Boston, uh, came on to break down the uh, Nets and Celtics series, and she's uh, a friend of Megan's. Well, muzzle to Megan C on completing the, uh, the Boston Marathon, um, and congratulations to... Uh, Megan Gailey in advance of uh, the arrival of uh, the the baby boy there. So, all right. It's a boy, right? It's a boy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought, I thought. All right. So, it's all settled now. All hash has been settled. We'll talk to you on the other side of the sports weekend to try and make sense of it all for you. Until then, for Kevin Hench and Eddie Spaghetti, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>